This is the Feminine Genius Podcast, a podcast that celebrates all women of God and their unique genius. I'm your host, Rachel Wong. As a girl growing up with progressive hearing loss, Sophia Labano endured a number of trials. But through all the hardships and moving schools, Sophia found that the one constant in her life was God and her faith. And she knew that in order to get through the challenges, she would need to surrender everything to him. God heard her prayer, and this sparked Sophia's life mission to spread the gospel and advocate for those with hearing loss. In this episode, Sophia and I talk about her conviction in the Catholic faith, the work she does through her podcast, Here and Now, and the ways in which the Holy Spirit moved continuously throughout her life. Hello, Sophia. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am well, thanks. We were just chatting before we got started and we were kind of like glasses twins and microphone twins. (laughs) It's just such a joy to be able to share some time with you today. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much for asking. It's been an honor in preparation and in recording today. I'm so excited for our time. Thank you. So maybe for those who are listening who may not know you, who may not be familiar with your work, I was wondering if you could introduce yourself to our listeners. Sure thing. Um, I'm usually on the other side of this as a podcaster, so it's nice (laughs) to introduce myself for once. There you go. Um, But I am Sophia Leveno. I am 20 years old. I am a junior at Franciscan University. I am a business management major. I am a podcaster, a daughter of God, real daughter (laughs) in real life with my mom and my dad. I have three wonderful siblings. Um, I live in the heart of Pennsylvania and this is my ministry. I love to come on and you know speak to people, whether they are professors or authors, nuns, priests. I've had everybody on my podcast mm-hmm. and making it my life's mission to spread the gospel and kind of advocate for hearing loss and living a well-rounded lifestyle while you're at it. Mm, amen. I would love if you could maybe start us off by sharing a little bit about your faith journey. And I know that listeners probably would have caught that you yourself do a lot of advocacy around hearing loss. So yeah, if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about you know your life growing up, but also how your faith has moved parallel to that. Sure thing. Yeah. So I'm a cradle Catholic. I was born and raised in the faith. Um, I know nothing but that. And I'm so blessed to be able to say that. I know it's not the case for everybody. Mm -hmm. My mom is a convert, so I could hear her stories of growing up in a church that was not Catholic and just feel insane gratitude that this is the place that I was raised. Um, I come from a very strong Italian Catholic family, so (laughs) it really is just embedded in my blood, knowing and going to Mass every Sunday and, Mm -hmm. you know, the occasional First Friday Mass. I attended a K to a Catholic school, parochial school, from first until eighth grade. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there were many times when, you know, hearing loss accommodations were not in place and it was a really hard thing for me to walk through and know that the support that I needed was not there and you know to be I want to say threatened with the choice to move to public school but it was kind of the only option but I resisted I was like I will suffer all day long 
and not here if it doesn't like I need to have that faith like I need to have that faith aspect in school Mm -hmm. um and I saw that my friends in the public school they were suffering from not having faith so I was like Mm -hmm. I don't want that I want to be where God is and where God is is where I am and I was like okay I'll see it out I'll be here so I graduated eighth grade from the same school seven years there um moved to high school chose an all-girls Catholic school, which was great for the time being. Again, hearing lots of accommodations didn't work out. Had to switch. So I ended up leaving in my sophomore year after I had my first cochlear implant surgery. Things kind of went downhill from there, and I'll spare the details. (laughs) But um, yeah, so things kind of went downhill. Ended up homeschooling, transferred to another school, didn't even get into the school year before the accommodations fell through. Mm. So I ended up saying, okay, it's in God's hands right now. And I really didn't totally surrender everything to him until that moment. And we were actually on a trip in Disney. And I was like, God, you need to send me a sign that what I'm doing and dropping out of the school is the right thing. Mm. And it's funny because we were walking through Epcot and there was this pin that I had my eye on. And I was like, it's so cool, but I didn't have anything to trade for it. And I kid you not, as I said, God, will you please provide me a sign? This pin somehow, you know, fast forward a couple of hours, literally fell out of the sky. I'm not even kidding. I don't even know where it came from. I picked it up. It was a dove. Like the pin was literally a dove. So I was like, okay, I get it. So we get home from the vacation and I ended up finding the most amazing school ever. I lasted the two years. So I finished my high school career there. The most amazing Catholic classical school I could ever ask for. It was small. It was what I needed. The catechism was absolutely insanely taught there. Like, it was so good for me. And then, you know, fast forward a couple years, moved around some colleges, but (laughs) finally ended up in Franciscan. And, you know, throughout all of that stuff, even with the hearing loss journey, God was definitely present in everything. So they really are parallel. And even starting the podcast, I wanted to advocate for hearing loss and Mm -hmm. just teach people that even though you're going through something that's hard, God is going to be there and he's there to turn whatever chaos that is there into something that is merciful and grace-filled and just so beautiful. That is so well said, Sophia. And I'm curious too, just because like you mentioned a couple times in that story and just talking about your your Catholic education, how you were willing to suffer through like not being able to hear anything if it meant being able to stay. And you mentioned that your mom is a convert to the faith and being raised in a Italian Catholic family. But do you <laughs> remember, I guess, a specific moment where you were like, that was something that you just could not sacrifice and just what was it that kept you holding on there that's a good question I don't really think there was like one moment where I'm sitting awake at night like oh my gosh this is what happened but I think it was just like it was like a puzzle you know Mm -hmm. piece by piece everything kind of just made sense to know that like if I went to a public school we would be saying the pledge of allegiance which there's nothing bad about that but we wouldn't be praying to start our day or we wouldn't be going to mass and we wouldn't be practicing virtues and so all of those things kind of just built up and I really do credit my parents for that because Mm -hmm. they were the ones that instilled that desire in us and that's something that only grew as I got older it really is you know, at its peak, and I'm sure it probably will go even further when I'm older, but getting into high school and college, I was like, mm-hmm. I desired, like, I was so hungry for virtue and mm-hmm. for truth and beauty and goodness. 
and just really seeing the catechism and the gospel looked out in other people, that was what told me, okay, you're right where you need to be. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. And you mentioned as well, like, like you said, the that parallel journey of your faith and growing in that. And then of course, hearing loss. And, you know, I'll be totally transparent for our listeners. I was sharing this with you earlier that this is something entirely new for me. So I first off want to thank you for, you know, your transparency and your vulnerability, but also being willing to be patient with someone like me who, you know, like I can't imagine what it must be like to go through that kind of journey. And it's a reminder for me that there's a lot of things that truly like we cannot take for granted. So being able to hear is something that for myself growing up, you just think, oh, like everybody should be able to. Yeah. But the reality is, is that's not the case. So, you know, I would love to maybe dive into that a little more. Like if, if you're able to share what that part of your life has been like, has there ever been a moment where you were like, God, why did you do this to me? Like compared to my friends or maybe other family members, like why me in particular? Yeah. Oh boy. Do you have enough time in the day for me to answer this question? <laughs> We're here for you, Sophia. We're here for you. I'm kidding. But I think that I want to say I was angry. Like I didn't know hearing loss until I was eight years old. Mm-hmm. I kind of just started losing my hearing one day. Um, we still don't really know why. You know, there's speculations of why I could have been sick or I might have had this or this. It's okay. I like saying I'm a medical mystery. Good for me. It's a positive <laughs> twist on it. But again, I really do credit my parents because they were the ones that were like, you can do this. This is a gift. It is not a curse. You know, use this for fundraising efforts, which we did. You know, we raised over $200,000 in research money for hearing loss. Um, You know, raising a team of people to do that fundraising, advocating for schools and, you know, writing papers on special education and just really using what I have and what I've been given and making it into something that's positive. I think that really has changed my mindset. But yes, there were times where I was like, why do I have to switch schools again? Mm -hmm. Why do I have to go through this? Why do I have to miss out on social events because I can't hear? So yeah, I would say I was definitely angry, probably a little bitter, a little sassy with God. (laughs) Like, why me? But my mom actually, her mom was deaf too. And Somewhere else in our distant relatives um, was deaf as well. So my mm-hmm. mom knew nothing but that when she was growing up. So wow. for her, she's like, I got this. And then she got her special ed degree. So she's like, I can handle this. So she was more than prepared for handling somebody of my species, um, <laughs> trying to figure out what I needed and how to handle whatever God had thrown and given to us. But yeah, I think that hearing loss is something that's invisible. For people you don't know it unless you encounter somebody I mean people that I was friends with for a while they're like wait a minute you have hearing loss I was like okay first of all you need to pay attention but second of all I understand because you don't see it I mean you can't even see it. I have my implants on and you can't even see them right now you know I had to go through therapies and stuff but I did the work to get there mm-hmm. but it was something that just became positive for me and knowing that whatever I was given I would find a way through God's grace, obviously, to transform it into something good. And that was where my podcast was born out of, to bring that awareness to people for mm-hmm. hearing loss and any disability that you are given. You know, like you can really transform any situation that you're in with God's grace and mercy. Mm, 
That's so well said. And just before we get to your podcast, and I appreciate that segue there, like, it makes me think of how, as you mentioned, like, as we're doing this call right now, and of course, listeners can't see us, but I don't see anything different. Like, I just see Sophia, and and, like, you know, you're so beautiful, and the work that you're doing is so beautiful. But I can imagine that it's a real intimate thing just because it's something that yeah perhaps to the eyes of the world you are just another girl but I can imagine that it is so deeply personal and it's really like internal and intimate and that's something that like you said any good Friday will turn into a resurrection there's so much goodness that can come out obviously through a lot of prayer and discernment and grace but just how beautiful that is like what a privilege I would even say just to be able to be that advocate for other people and for such a important cause Yeah, I mean, there were times where I was like, okay, I'm having to leave the school, but I'm leaving for the right reasons. You know, I'm telling them that you need to do this for the people behind me. And if nothing else, that's what I wanted to do is advocate for those who are coming in behind me, even if it is years down the road, that they're well equipped to be treated with dignity more than anything, because that for me was something that was missing. Um, was I was kind of just an afterthought for people. And I don't like to make it sound super negative and depressing, but I mean, it did get like that at times, you know, I was like, my needs were kind of pushed to the back burner compared to the athletes of the world mm-hmm. and the academics, but I was able to power through. I graduated with honors from high school and middle school. And I don't say that, <laughs> I don't say that to be, you know, bragging or anything. I'm just saying that you can take your situation and make it something good if you're working through it for the right reasons too. And, you know, I kind of just throw this in there. My, my dad was diagnosed with cancer last year and that was a hard time for us, but now we're able to make it part of our ministry as well. You know, my mom's a blogger, so she's writing about it and spreading awareness for things like that. So no matter what situation you are in, there is going to be something good that comes out of it. I can't emphasize that enough. Mm. Well, thank you for sharing that. And, you know, please know of my prayers and our prayers for your family, for your father and his healing, and just for the ongoing ministry that is your family. So thank you for sharing that, for bringing awareness to it. I want to jump now to your podcast, and I'll note for listeners, it's called Here and Now, but it's here spelled H-E-A-R. That is my spelling bee moment of the day, (laughs) H-E-A-R, like as if you're hearing. And like you mentioned, that's a huge part of your advocacy and your work. So what inspired you to start this podcast? Oh my gosh, I never have a clear-cut answer because it wasn't something that was clear cut to me either. Sure. Um, (laughs) I always say that I was sitting on the beach two years ago, almost to the day. And I kind of just got inspired. I'm very much a Mm -hmm. self-starter. And I was like, I want to do something cool. And the podcast was the first thing that came to my mind. It was 2019. It wasn't that long ago. But it felt like podcasts were really just catching up and getting inspired to a lot of people. So I was like, oh, okay. So I pulled out my computer after we got home Mm -hmm. and I was like, I'm going to figure this out. I need to figure out the hosting site and the microphone and the technology and everything. Um, And I was like, you know, all of these years, my mom had been wanting to write a book about Mm -hmm. hearing loss and write about my story. And when she started her own blog platform, right around the same time that I had launched my podcast, She's like, it's not my story to tell anymore. You know, Mm -hmm. you're almost, I think I was, yeah, I was almost 19 at that point. She's like, you can really do this yourself. Mm -hmm. And so we started coming up and brainstorming names, bopped around a little bit. And my parents were actually the one that came up with here and now. So clearly they have a lot of influence over my life because I've talked about them so much. 
they're like, just talk about your hearing loss. So it kind of started off that way, mm -hmm. but I was like, I wouldn't be who I am without faith. So let's bring that in there. And then a little bit last year, I started designing websites and I officially launched my business and made it an LLC this year. So I was like, let's bring some business stuff in there too. So it's really just a mix of everything of what it's like to live in the world as a young Catholic woman, as somebody part of the church mm -hmm. and just knowing you can have fun along the way. It doesn't have to be pray, 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 church, pray. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. God calls us to to be joyful and like just in all aspects. So like you were saying, it was all of these different attributes and, and parts of yeah. your life, the hearing loss journey, but also your faith, of course. And then now, again, perfect segue into some of the work that you are doing kind of parallel to that with regards to like website design and marketing. Has that always been something that you were really drawn to? Because you mentioned that you're at Franciscan studying business management. Yeah. So yeah, like what inspired that? I've always been into technology. I mean, I always joke around and say I'm part cyborg because I have... <laughs> robotic hearing. So growing up with technology, I was always kind of being the guinea pig for the latest and the greatest mm -hmm. of hearing loss technology, hearing aids, um, FM systems, anything like that. I was so excited to try out the new parts and figure out how I can make this work with my life. So that was always something that kind of it's inspired me. My grandma, when she was like, I need to figure out how to use my phone, you know, they always think kids are like the greatest technologists so in the true. world. So I was like, all right, I'll figure it out. But when the problems became more advanced and I needed to figure out solutions, I would just research and just kind of figure it out on my own. I was always the go-to person. The Wi-Fi is not working and the TV is not working. All right, I'll be right there. We got it. It's okay. So my mom was like, you're going to be in computers one day. I was like, mm -hmm. no. I was super close-minded about it. I was like, I don't want to be like a computer science nerd sitting behind a computer coding all day. That was what I thought she meant. Well, she did not. <laughs> she was talking about the creative side of what we do. And so three, almost four years ago, um, when I was homeschooled during my time, you know, recovering from surgery, my mom's trying to get her blog started. And she's like, okay, as part of your curriculum, go figure out how to make a website. It's like, okay. So she gave me the challenge and, you know, it still took a little bit of time. I was busy recovering and doing schoolwork, but I did it. And two years later, she launched her blog and I was like, I can do this for real. People want this. It's a high demand right now. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of lurking in the shadows a little bit, figuring out what people want and what people need. Um, I started doing it for a very low charge, almost nothing. Um, and I was like, I can make this for real. So during COVID, people were like wanting to blog, wanting to start a podcast. So I was like, all right, let's do this. So I slapped a business name on, increased my prices. And sure enough, a year later, we have my LLC. And I, I would say I'm almost a five-figure entrepreneur at this point. It's my full-time job. Um, and it's the best thing I've ever done. Mm. Yeah. And congratulations. I mean, that's not an easy thing, as I'm sure you know, very intimately that yeah. it's not an easy thing to kind of just get started and get all of the ducks in a row. Right. And I'll remind folks too, like it just kind of hit me that you mentioned that you you said 20 years old yes. at the beginning of this. So I'm like, that is <laughs> insane. But also it just goes to show like how much yeah, like hard work, determination, but also clearly like the passion and the drive, you know, when all of that is in line, just how much you're able to achieve. So yeah, congratulations. Absolutely. Thank you. Yes, it's, I would say it's probably one of my greatest achievements next to fundraising and doing awareness work. 
to say that I'm an entrepreneur is pretty cool. Uh, I really enjoy it. And to be able to make my own living and, you know, make my dream life at this point, you mm-hmm. know, it's awesome. And I get to do this while I'm going to school at the same time and kind of bypass my professors and be like, well, I did that already. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Let me teach you now. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and I say that totally with a humble heart, though. Um, they, they really do enjoy kids and students doing and making their own thing. You know, like college is what you make of it. And I'll just add this in. But, you know, I didn't think that this is where I was going to end up. I started as a theology major, ended up in business. I actually, back up, I started as an occupational therapy major when I was at my other college. Then I became a theology major. So now we're here. But this is definitely where God loved me. I did a whole vocation class about it. So I think think we're on the right path right now. Mm -hmm. What have been some of the... I guess, like key takeaways that you've been able to receive so far. And I think, you know, over the course of our conversation, you've shared so much, like just the great insight that you've been able to receive. But yeah, like if there have been any major takeaways to date that you wouldn't mind sharing with us. Yeah, I think anybody who has a motivation and a fire under them will get them so far. And I say fire because I will always say the Holy Spirit inspires you to do whatever you are called to. And if you know that that's the call, then just take it and run. I specifically work with Catholic and Christian women to build their business. And that for me, I respect to all the other women out there, entrepreneurs, but I want somebody who's a feminine genius, not a feminist. So for me, I'm like, I see this in these women and these are my target audience. And so once I established that and not just taking anybody I could, it made me so fulfilled in what I do to know I can help somebody launch their Bible study or help them write about grief and give them a spot to write about it. So I think motivation and drive and fire from the Holy Spirit it will always get you exactly where you need to go. Mm, Amen. And just as you're saying that the Holy Spirit, like I'm reminded of the story that you shared earlier about the dove pin, right? Just how perfect and just how the Lord truly does find his like little ways, I guess, to insert those little nuggets. And I'm just like, man, that is so cool just to have that really (laughs) appear and just how it really kickstarted everything for you. Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, somebody actually brought it to my attention I would say during this vocation seminar, just a little part about that, it was a 14-week course I did with Franciscan, and I would say it's probably the most life-changing thing I've ever done, and I don't say that lightly. You know, it kind of started out, I was like, we're meeting once a week on Zoom, like, what's this this gonna do? By the end of that 14 weeks, I decided that I'm changing my major, I'm moving to campus, and I know exactly what I'm doing in my business. So for me, I was like, I see where God is putting me and where he's leading me. But somebody had asked the question, which person of the Trinity do you think you're closest with? And I never really thought about it until that moment. I was like, hmm, I see maybe, you know, I have a divine mercy picture. I have a you know, statue. I'm like, I don't really know. I'm not sure. You know, the Holy Spirit seems so intangible for me. But, you know, as I'm talking about this, I was like, dang, he really has been right there all along. Like that pin is still sitting in my drawer. And I would say that was probably about six or seven years ago that that happened. So yes, that is a question I'm posing to your listeners too, is which person of the Trinity are they closest with? That has really mm-hmm. inspired me to grow in devotion to one person specifically, and it really has changed my faith life. Mm, what a wonderful question. And yeah, absolutely. I echo your challenge and prompt there as well. 
truly something that I've never really thought about, but I, I certainly will take that to prayer as well because I think that it's so beautiful. Like the Catholic yes. faith is unique in that way where we do have this triune God, like, you know, three persons in one, all such unique individuals and yet the same God. So that is really incredible. So I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yeah, <laughs> I know that was totally random, but I know that, you know, I just felt called to ask that question because oh, it really has been, you know, something... I would say revolutionary mm -hmm. to me to think about. Yeah. And it's a really like spirit led moment too. So I can appreciate yes. that. Absolutely. As we maybe like wind down here and I'd love to hear your response to this, like when it comes to, you know, your advocacy work and I will maybe remind folks, you mentioned earlier about how you want to be able to allow for those that come behind you, like other people that are younger and other grades to be able to benefit from the advocacy or at least be in a space where they feel like their needs are cared for and it's like yeah. kind of front and center and not an afterthought so in terms of maybe like along with your advocacy like what is something that you would want listeners of this podcast but just folks in general to know about those with hearing loss when you think about your own story and some of the work that you've done Oh, wow. That's a great question. I feel like it's such a multifaceted answer mm -hmm. that I can pick from every single angle. I could say, okay, let's go this way. Physical, you know, make sure that they're included physically in conversations. Mm -hmm. Let them lip read. I know right now with COVID, it's extremely hard with masks. So find creative ways, buy clear masks or, you know, go into a place where you can talk to people because it becomes socially isolating after a while. If you're like, I have no idea what's going on in this conversation, invite them in or talk to them one-on-one -on -one or go somewhere that's a quiet space. Mentally check in with them. You know, how are you doing? How has this week been for you? What are some of the challenges that you've had? I remember the first time a friend asked me that after a really difficult day. And I was like, I lost it. I was like, mm -hmm. I can't believe that you have the compassion to ask me about how I'm doing. And, you know, for every disability that matters, every non-disability that matters. Spiritually, how are you doing? Are you angry? Are you sassy with God right now? How do you feel? <laughs> so just checking in with them with every single aspect of their hearing loss journey, of every aspect of their disability. If they're struggling with their equipment, yeah. you know, quietly ask the teacher, can we maybe take a break to let, allow them to time to change their batteries or something? Throughout grade school, that was always the biggest pet peeve because they're like, oh my gosh, you're changing your batteries in the middle of class. I was like, I can't hear. And so the whole class made a big deal about it. Or, you know, when the closed captions, ew, why are the closed captions on there? Like just making it subtle, unless they ask you to be out loud about it. I never wanted to be that kid. Nobody wants to be that kid. Mm -hmm. So handling it with grace and dignity and respect because they are just as much a human being as we are. So yeah, that's a really good question. I hope that helps, but Absolutely. just making sure that they are doing well in the world just as much as we deserve to be. Right. And that's that's so powerful and profound because, you know, everything that you just mentioned, and, and I appreciate the multifaceted approach. You know, we talk about physical, mental, spiritual, emotional at our very core, we are human and everyone has dignity and we, we deserve that respect and to be treated equally. And just how simple some of the things that you mentioned are almost like common sense even. And yet, you know, how many times when we encounter someone who is different or just something that we're not used to because it's outside of our comfort zone, just how we may not act in a way that is graceful or compassionate. Yeah. So Sophia, I just appreciate you 
you saying that and also challenging all of us to to really consider our actions, consider our words and how we interact with other people, especially those who may be different. So I just appreciate that so, so much. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. And, you know, it really just brings me back to high school. I had to write a thesis paper two years in a row. That was kind of our graduation requirement. Um, The first year was what I wrote about special ed. And a lot of the research I was doing, it was really hard to find research where the person wasn't absolutely crying out for help and desperate. So I was like, we need to make a change. And of course, that starts with compassion amongst ourselves. You know, we don't have to take it to the upper level management first. But if those little acts of kindness can just really change somebody's life, it really does make a world of difference for someone. And I think that's a perfect lead into some of the amazing changes and difference that you're making, whether it is like the hearing loss advocacy world, but also just for Catholic and Christian women, like you mentioned how you have that particular heart, you want to help Catholic and Christian women to really develop and flourish in their own gifts, as well as the projects that they're working on. And so maybe like, I'll pose that question to you as well, in terms of your own feminine genius, how you've seen that flourish and develop through your work and through your advocacy. Yeah, wow. I think it's such a hard question to answer. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that you you know it when you see it, but you kind of can't describe it. But I think since coming to Franciscan and in my latter years of high school, I was just becoming profoundly aware of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're, we're being raised in a culture of feminism. And it's extremely hard to combat that. You know, it becomes powerful at times where you're like, I want to be part of that. I want to be part of the movement. Um, but the feminine genius is something that's always going to be embedded inside of us. And for me, you know, raising and growing a business and working with women who are Christian and Catholic I can impart some of that desire to be a feminine genius to them without them even realizing Mm -hmm. it. And that to me is the coolest part, you know, really embracing our maternal side and, you know, especially being with siblings and being in a school where I was the oldest, that for me has been really cool to be, okay, I can raise these little girls up into the feminine geniuses that they are meant to be. And so to me, realizing that there is a different side and there is a side that God wants us to be, not the feminists that are screaming out in the street kind of people, but the people that are embracing the mission and the gift that they are given. Mm. You know, that leads me to my second point about um, my other thesis that I wrote in senior year. I wrote about the theology of the body. And I did so much research on JP2's teachings, and it really, really made me realize that this is such a powerful gift that we are given. And I was always fascinated growing up with women who were mothers or who were pregnant. And I know that's weird, but I was like, they are given such a cool gift to be able to be moms. And I cannot wait for the day that I'm there. But in the meantime, I get to advocate and stand up for the women that are on their way there and help raise their girls behind them to be the strong women that God called us to be. Wow, Sophia, thank you. Like, that's so, that's so incredible. And I think you're absolutely right. Like, we are in such an interesting cultural moment, like when it comes to feminism, and just that whole movement, the I would say even weaponization of what it means to be a woman. And it's a real divisive, like you're either for us or against us type of thing. But, you know, as Catholics, Mm -hmm. we believe there is 
more to that. There's so much more nuance to it. And we really are a both and people. So we can certainly advocate for like equal pay uh, for equal work amongst like men and women while also as you know, like with theology of the body, like reverencing the dignity and the gift that women are without compromising on anything else and without going down the the whole rabbit hole of some of the, the really difficult things that we're seeing in our world today. So yeah, I just appreciate you being a witness to that and for making your voice heard in a sea where there's just so much noise. Yeah, I would say that's kind of the irony of who I am as a person is I don't have a lot of noise in my head but when I speak out loud I do <laughs> I'm always my friends are like you're a really good listener I was like that's very very funny because I really can't listen a lot of the time but I I do love that people can bring me to that and I love being a voice for people I'm a party person at heart I love being loud I love singing and when it comes to using that gift for God's glory Praise God for that. Absolutely. I can't echo that. Praise God. Yeah, praise God, certainly. (laughs) Yeah, well, Sophia, thank you so much for your time today and just for sharing your story, your journey, and also the incredibly important work that you're doing. As we close, would you be able to lead us in a prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we thank you for our time today. Let us pray that in all things we do, we may glory you and glorify you and share in your life. We ask that the paraclete may descend upon us and inspire us in our words and our thoughts, actions, and deeds. With this we pray, come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created and you will renew the face of the earth. Amen. In the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Sophia, thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much. It was such an honor to be with you today. I really appreciate all the work you are doing. Keep raising all the feminine geniuses that you are. Thank you to Sophia Lobano for joining me on the Feminine Genius Podcast today. Be sure to tune in to Sophia's podcast, Here and Now. That's here spelled H-E-A-R on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can learn more about her work by checking out sophialabano.com and by following her on Instagram at sophialabano. I've left links to these in the episode description below. You can learn more about the Feminine Genius Podcast by following us on Facebook and Instagram at femgeniuspod. And you can listen and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many other platforms. All of this information can be found on our home on the web, FeminineGeniusPodcast.com. We'll talk to you soon, and God bless you always.